You're listening to Hats, Tats, and Stats Podcast, a championship-caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York, with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaturski, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Stat Man. Hats, Tats, and Stats is part of the BICBP Radio Network. Check us out online at www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast. I am EZD, and I am joined this week by Big Diesel. We brought him back from the uh, the depths of the stingy heat of the summer. Yeah, the, uh, the 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 humidity up in Buffalo is what always gets you in the summer. Yeah, we we found him out in the swamp somewhere. Yeah. Uh, we're still looking for bold claim Ben, but I'm not even joking. Just because you said the stingy heat, I took three <laughs> showers yesterday. <laughs> And like I still felt gross. It is. It is toasty out there. It is definitely a time to have air conditioning, and if you don't, you should. Uh, real quick, before we get too deep into anything, let's take a break and uh, hear from our sponsor, Buffalo Freddy Enterprises. The weather is changing and the sun is shining, which means summer party season is here. And Buffalo Freddy Party Rental has everything you need to get your party started. From tents, tables, and chairs to inflatable bounce houses, water slides, and obstacle courses, Buffalo Freddy has everything you need to take your summer shindig to the next level. Not sure what to serve at your event? Buffalo Freddy does barbecue catering as well. For more details or to make reservations, head over to buffalofreddy.com or give them a call at 716-437-3339. That's 716-4-FREDDY. Buffalo Freddy is a proud sponsor of this podcast. And welcome back. Check out Buffalo Freddy for all your party needs this summer. In the heat, outside, it's a great time to be out there doing the cool stuff. Uh, All that being said... Buffalo Freddy. Oh, Buffalo Freddy. Uh, All that being said, it is, for as hot as it is outside... It is hot on the ice right now. It's yeah, no, they're they're melting that ice up there. This, they're, they're this series around. is gonna be a banger, I think. Oh my god, yeah. So let's 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 go right through it, huh? Yeah, let's uh, get into it. The 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 Avs the Avs came out flying. Um, you know, Landis Gognachushkin in the first period. Uh, ten minutes in, they're up two zip, and yeah. they're 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 buzzing, and they're at home. So obviously that's that's not looking good for the Lightning, but. Credit to the Lightning. They've been here before. Shocker, I know. Two pass cups. Uh, Nick Paul. The legend of Nick Paul continues to grow. <laughs> all right? Like, this guy, he's just he's a, just a classic grinder. And then, you know what? You, you play him with guys like Victor Hedman and Braden Point, who get the assists on his goal. Right. And he can contribute. Avs come back, make it 3-1 to one before the end of the first. Going into the second, 3-1. to one. Avs got all the momentum. What happens? Tampa does Tampa things. Tampa does Tampa things. Two goals in the second. Go, no goals in the third. We go to OT. Absolute banger. Alex Burakovsky, who uh, I believe won a cup with Caps. Um, Sounds right. Gets the OT banger. So, And I'm pretty sure he did that, too, uh, against the Golden Knights in one of the first two games in that cup. So he has a knack for not really showing up during the regular season or the playoff run but when you need him in the Stanley Cup final if you get there you an if, OT goal. If, if you got, if you get there you got a guy and having a guy is part of the battle but uh yeah this one feels like uh Colorado wanted to prove that they didn't have that rust yeah. uh, that we kind of saw a little bit from Tampa after their sweep right you know been sitting around been waiting they looked fresh they looked hot and they looked hungry I and mean, then Tampa I, was like okay we've been here let's do this for for people who didn't watch the game, I'll give you I'll give you the game stats just to to give you a feel because Colorado really really did play super well. Uh, I mean, thirty eight shots to twenty three in favor of Colorado. Zero for three on the power play for Tampa. What? Right. One for three for Colorado, which is also kind of. Huh. But I mean, 
that's Colorado. I mean, thirty-eight shots against twenty-three. Yeah, that's that's and, and and thirty-eight shots against the what probably one of the best, if not the best goalie of this generation. Right. Um, and you only scored three times. Right. Yeah. Uh, four. Four. Uh, okay. Four. four. Right. Uh, well, hits were forty-three forty, so it was a pretty physical game, as it should um, be, which you do see more in the playoffs because in the regular season you'll see hits like twenty to seventeen. Yeah. And what, what do you that. what do you get in the playoffs? You get the lumber. And then the other thing too that that's here, block shots, twenty six to twenty five in favor wow. of Colorado. Yeah. So shot attempts are really, I mean, what fifty eight to to forty three? Yeah, you that's know? insane. Like that's yeah, that's a lot. Um, that, listen, they don't ask how they ask how many. Right. And like, then this this one was huge takeaways. Seventeen takeaways for Colorado, four for Tampa Bay. Really? Yeah. So Tampa, I mean, so that really. Colorado just took the puck away from them and, Col- and limited their like to, to be able to limit the shots. Correct. Yeah, they they really Colorado played well. Like they came out and played their game. And and to Tampa's credit, they are that team that will always hang around and always be a threat. Well, but, I, I think when you look at this, just like just looking at the box score again, this looks like one team came out hot to show that they weren't, you know, they weren't going to come out slow and logie from from arrest. Tampa said. All right, man. Like, let's just like, yeah. great counterpunch in the second, and then both teams clamped down, figured each other out a little bit, and played a little bit more stingy in the third and forced. forced Colorado definitely controlled the play. Like, that's just they they controlled which they do. Yeah, yeah that's um, that's their mo. I mean, Tampa's good at cycling the puck, but they're not. They're more like, hey, let's hit on the break. We're going to play really good defense. Like, Braden Point's a really good two way forward, um, and he finally got back after being hurt. So all that kind of thing and. And just also, I want everybody to watch this series is Victor Hedman, who's very good. He's he's a terrific defenseman. And Cal McCarr on the other side. It's just not even close that Cal McCarr is the best defenseman in the NHL. Right. Like talent, skill, uh, size, speed, the whole nine. I mean, I've seen guys who are now going on record, old, old heads from the NHL saying, no defenseman has had an impact on a single game every night like Cal McCarr has since Bobby Orr. Right. Yeah. I mean, and when you're being compared to that guy, that's like being compared to, I don't know, like Gretzky on the other I mean, side of the puck. I mean, yeah, like, like Bobby Orr is literally the greatest scoring defenseman of all time who controlled both ends of the ice right. at all times, won cups with the Bruins. Like, that's that's every defenseman who that's can the dream. score. It's their dream. Yeah. Kale McCarr is bigger and faster than him. Yeah. <laughs> so. All right, then. <laughs> but yeah, this uh, series you, is going to be great. Who man. do you who do you got taking this one? Like, I got the abs. I, I do too, and it, part of that's because I hate I, it. I hate it because like I I hate doubting. Well, not even doubting. I hate betting against Tampa. It's kind of like betting against Tom Brady at this point because they're just such a wagon. Yeah, and they've been there and they've done that, and they've they got the greatest goaltender of this generation. I have no problem saying that. Yeah, absolutely. He's literally the greatest goalie since Patty Waugh and Dominic Hash. Like, yeah. There's nobody who compares. This this dude would have been in the conversation with them when, I mean, and that was back in, the, in an era when there were 10 just disgusting goalies imagine, in the league. Imagine if Vasilevsky had the New Jersey trap in front of him like Marty Brodeur did. Oh, my God. You know, like Brodeur set all these records for wins and saves and, and games played. Because he really didn't have to do a ton, and yeah, when he was he did nice. Yeah, like, when you when you're an like a top a top class goalie, and you're only facing 17 shots a night, right from the makes, outside, makes the makes the job easy. Yeah, so I mean, Vassy's Vassy's the real friggin' deal. Uh, so I hate betting against the Lightning, but at the same time, man, like th- this as team seems to have realized itself. Yeah, and it it's taken like five years. 
This but. also feels like the I mean, and this is confidently the first time I can say like if this series goes one to one, uh, which what do they play tonight, tomorrow? No, tomorrow, tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, so when they play tomorrow, if this game, if oh, this, well, that's not even tomorrow. That's uh, yeah, so tomorrow's go, Friday. Like two days from now. Um, if this goes one to one after Saturday, I'm not sitting here going, "Up, that's over." No, like, and I said it. I said it for the uh, for the Eastern Conference Finals when you did when the Rangers when the Rangers down. lost a game three and they went they were up two to one. I said, "Well, this series is over." Yeah, I, I don't feel like like these two teams are so damn good. I want it to go seven just to watch this series. As long as possible. Right. This is going to be fun. It's going to be disgusting. I felt the same way about the Edmonton, Colorado series, but uh, Mike Smith just decided to be Mike Smith, unfortunately. Because yeah. that was still a banger series to watch. Oh, it I sure mean, was. It was super fun. And also, because I don't think I've been on since that happened, the Evander Kane hit and the suspension, all that fine and good that he hit him from behind and got suspended for only one game. But the Athletic, with their absolute petty headline that turned out to be right, <laughs> where it said he's suspended for the remainder of the Western Conference Final, and he was only suspended <laughs> one game, and then they got swept. Oh, that was perfect. Oh, got to love when clickbait headlines work out, right? Yeah, right. Uh, we are not clickbait people here. We have hot takes, don't get me wrong, but yeah. we're not we're not putting articles out there saying, you know, claiming. We, we leave we leave the bold claims to Ben, Yeah, and even those are kind of brought in, you know, some... They're an educated att- guess attempted. More, than, more than a bold claim. Yeah, like... Like, he's got, he's got, like, a very limited base knowledge, and he just, like, expands off of that in his own brain. Yes. And it's great. Yeah, he does, like, it's not an intentional clickbait bullshit. No, no, like, no, that's no. Just, ben, ben truly believes everything he says. Yes, correct. Whether or not it's right is a different story. Um, there's actually, uh, speaking of playoffs and championships, there's a big event happening on Saturday here in the there old sure uh, is, the, the old Buffalo as I sit here and look at your fancy although really old looking hat. Yeah, okay. Well, funny story. Uh 2 weeks ago when the Banditos and the Mammoth faced off in game 1 of the NL championship, me and Bold Claim Ben decided to head on down to the game. Sure. Uh and the 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 crowd was amazing, man. There was like tailgates in the parking lot, little kids playing mini sticks like down Cobblestone District. It was freaking sweet. Crowd was packed out. Uh, so we get there and I'm like, dude, I got no bandits gear. Like I need a hat. And for those who don't know, bold claim Ben, uh, he's gotten an internship with new era. So he's got a fancy little badge and the team store has new era stuff. Well, there you go. And he goes, man, I should have brought my wallet. I possibly could have gotten you 50% off a hat. So he didn't have his wallet on him. Didn't have that opportunity. So I went in there and I found the one bandits hat that wasn't new era and I bought it. Nice. It looks at. Listen, New Era hats are on a different level. They are, but this is a snapback, <laughs> and I love it. So, yeah, it, I mean, it it definitely has the uh, vintage that that like that like you look like you'd be wearing aviators and ripping fucking Marbreds. I mean, not wrong. <laughs> I, my aviators are in the car right now. Yeah, that, maybe some American spirits, but yeah. Oh boy, yeah, got to got to keep it in the uh, lacrosse family, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, speaking of that, though, like, like, let's just go through that because we got the big game. It's game three, final game of the NLL championship Saturday night. Big deal. Colorado Mammoth versus Buffalo Bandits. Bandits took game one at home, went back to Colorado last weekend in Denver. Denver packed out their arena, which was awesome to see. Uh, it was a great game, um, but the Bandits fell on the road, so we come back for game three. This is like game seven in a sense. Yeah. Uh, this is this is it, and Bandits are a historic, historic team right now. Like offensively, they're historic. Dane Smith broke his own points, assists, and goals record. 
Josh Byrne would have broken his record, but like, how long has Dane Smith been playing? Six years. That's it. Six or seven. It feels like he's been on the team for like two decades. Well, yeah, he was because he was only a box guy. A lot of the guys who play in the NLL, like Zed Williams, who's on the Mammoth, he's a Buffalo guy, but he went and played four years at Virginia. Okay. So he played field lacrosse. Dane didn't do that. He was a Canada guy. He played junior box lacrosse. He got drafted when he was like 20. Okay. So he was drafted when he was like 20, played defensive forward for us, or not defensive forward, played defender for us, transition. Sure. And then in transition started popping goals, and they were like, oh, Maybe he's got some offensive upside, and the next thing you know, he's literally breaking goal records that John Tavares set while John Tavares is coaching him and putting up, like, 10-point nights and just stupid shit. Sweet. So, and he, he was a late-round draft pick, too. So it, it was like he's he's kind of a Pavel Datsuk story where you get drafted sixth round and nobody really knows about you because you're not one of the highly touted recruited field guys from the from the u.s right or you're, you're not like you're not out playing at one of the big colleges right. and people are like oh and my god this so guy you get picked late and you're, you're stuck on defense and then they're like oh here we go like oh this, this guy guy's got, he's got some talent right and then he, ta- he takes that opportunity and he runs with it and and then you know the interesting thing about dane smith too is he transitioned to the field game when the pll came around Right. And for those who, like, I don't even know how to describe it. I guess it would be like playing flag football versus... Like then going out and playing real football? But it's not because it is... Both games are super physical. Uh, I don't even know. I guess arena football. Arena football, then outdoor football. Let's go with that. Okay. So, like, kind of... I mean, arena football, for those who so, don't remember, like was always very fast, high-scoring, yeah, like three back and forth, three back and linemen, forth. Three quarterback, running back, like three wideouts. Yeah. It's like You, a you could get a running field. start, 50-yard right. field. Um, Everything was in play. Everything was returnable. And then, like, like for the outdoor game, so we're not going to say NFL because, obviously, arena guys weren't on that level. We'll just say USFL. Right. So that's, like, the kind of the difference. But just going out to a bigger field. So regardless, Dane Smith more was people. only an arena football guy right. in this sense. PLO comes around where they actually get like health insurance and benefits and like don't have to have a day job to play outdoor lacrosse. Yeah, you're not bagging groceries at yeah to play. Transitions to the outdoor game and by the second year that he played the outdoor game, he was dominating. It was just like it. It took him one year of being like ah, he's kind of invisible out there, and then the next year it was like oh, he's doing Dane Smith things again. Well, and I mean that that's got to be. First off, feeling out the the field and the change of the game. Oh, and, it's just you know, wider just, space. And... Well, but then once you realize how much room you have when yeah. you're when you're a prolific goal scorer in a tight space, like oh wait, I have room now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, like, and I mean, I'm not and even a lacrosse guy, and that's, that was a that thing makes because sense. you 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 nailed it right on the head. Um, he's so used to playing in a tighter space, and it was like, Dane, you can you can you could step out further here. That guy's gonna come with you, and then you just run past him, right? And it's like it's like, oh, yeah. And then you just start watching him do his thing. Um, so he's he's incredible, he's incredible. Yeah, great day. It, it, it's it, and it's awesome to see. And like, I also I love the fact that like game one here in Buffalo, I heard was just an event. It was. It was packed. It was, it was loud. A it, it was, was a great. And by like Bandits games as a whole are like that. Yeah. But then, you know, you put a championship on on the line and all of a sudden that place is rocking to the brim. Right. And then Colorado turns around and, and matches the same energy. Yeah. Like Arguably the two best NLL markets have been Denver and Buffalo because they're the two who really sell out the most. Calgary does pretty well. Um, 
Well, I don't even know if they have a team anymore because they've been moved around. Regardless, right? They did pretty well when they had a team. Uh, so Denver and Buffalo are really the two the two best markets in terms of selling out crowds, and that's just perfect for the NLL final because like, yeah, it would have been nice to see San Diego, who's a newer team and a California team, go there, but like, they also don't have the history that the Mammoth do, and right. like, the just the connection to the community. It's the same thing with the Bandits. I mean. They were down on Jefferson Ave with the Bills and the Sabres too, the Bandits. Yeah. So that's why people show out for them in the playoffs and show out for them in the regular season because that's the the vibe, the vibe that our teams have with the city. You know, and it's one of those things too that I I think it's cool that the Buffalo market as a whole, and I can't wait for the Sabres to turn their shit around so that like this becomes a full exactly. a full full circle. But like, I love the fact that people are getting competitive with our fan bases. Yeah. Like, oh. Buffalo packed the brim for an NLL championship game. All right, Colorado, let's go. Yeah. And like, all right, well, guess what? We're going to top it now Yeah, because that's what we We're do. We're going to sell this out, brother. We're oh, yeah. Sell this out. Yeah. Like, they're they're going to have a higher attendance for these last two games than the Sabres probably packed in 10 games at the start or like for during any stretch of the season this year. I mean, they already did. Right. We did that in the regular season for the Bandits. So like, <laughs> but but then, you know, you, you take a look at like how well Bill's Mafia travels. Right. Right. And how, I how mean, we there pack was a, other stadiums. There was a ton of Bandits fans in Denver last weekend. Right. Like right behind, right behind the Bandits bench, that whole section of the 100 level was Bandits fans. Right. It was just that the rest of the 12,000 whatever people were there were Mammoth fans. Right. But I mean, on the road, Bandits land travels. You, uh, If anybody watched the games, I doubt it, but you know. Check it out on ESPN Plus. <laughs> when they went, we to, are not sponsored by them. Don't plug them. When the Bandits went to to Hamilton, um, it was a predominantly Bandits crowd. Hamilton took a penalty. They're at home, and all you hear is the BLX chant throughout the stadium. Right, like that's amazing. And and what I what I really think that does is that I think it fires up other fan bases because like how insulting how is are you going to get invaded? Yeah. yeah, like how insulting is it to like if you're the Titans. And half your stadium is Bills fans. Yeah. If you're the Jaguars and three quarters of your stadium is Bills fans. Like, yeah. how do you how do you get boxed out in your own fucking house? And and what it does, it, I mean, this this feels like a competition. Like, it, well, and it creates I mean, rivalry. Yeah. Like, like Tennessee, some dude paid a bot service to win a <laughs> yeah. fan vote thing just just to be like, no, Buffalo's not winning. This. Yeah, like, exactly. Because, oh, and then what happened? We smoked you the next year because we made sure it wouldn't happen again. Like, and it builds that rivalry and it builds the sport. It does. And, and honest, honestly, it's something that like it pisses me off that like baseball doesn't have. Which yeah. there's other things we could talk about that yeah, are a problem base, with that. I but, was going to say baseball. Just I mean, they're the top down. They're doing a horrific job of marketing. We've talked about that. Uh, did, did and you, that's that's did what you, this is. This is marketing. Did it's, you see the thing last night? Yeah, there were there was a crew of umpires who spent 20 minutes discussing a rule that was implemented to speed up the game. If that rule didn't exist, the game continues. But the rule exists. So they wasted 20 minutes talking about the rule. Yeah. And the rules meant to make the game faster. How fucking stupid. Horrific. It's just, just so, horrific. so bad. So I, I do want to just touch one more one more guy on the bandits that we really need to sure. touch on. Matt Vince. Uh, legendary veteran goalie. He officially has the most minutes played in playoffs by a goalie in NLL history. Sweet. Most saves in a playoff by a goalie in NLL history. He's like a five-time goalie of the year. And I I would imagine his career is on the back end kind of thing. Sure. Um, he can only stay in his prime so much longer. He's like 37. Yeah. But so this is like this is one of his last really great chances to be on top of his game 
and grab a championship, which we haven't won since 2008. Right. So, which is weird because it feels like the Bandits win all the time, but they really... They again. were... They, uh, that's just it. They, they're they always a, a, a good team, but the NLL is hard to win, man. Like, it's... It, it, any, like, any any pro sport, it like, is, it's not easy to win. also, there's one thing that you see a lot when leagues are small and beginning is there's, like, one or two teams that dominate. Right. Think about the NHL in the beginning. The Canadians won, like, freaking 20 Stanley Cups in sure. 30 years. So... It's easy for that to happen, but the NLL, the parity is so incredible just because, like, they really, well, I mean, the amount of good players that come in every year is unheard of, and well, every and, team is stacked, Yeah, and, and there's it, just too much talent. It's, it's, it's one of those things that you're, I mean, lacrosse is an untapped market for the most part. Yeah. Like, and now you have, and now then you have the PLL, which is now working in hand with the NLL. Like, you have guys who play in both. It's not working in hand. There's some issues there. I'm sure there is, but like, well, like no, but like, so here's the thing: PLL, and this is this is the lacrosse world thing. Uh, we're gonna get into it. Yeah, we're gonna get into it. Let's get into it. So the PLL announced um, that they're gonna do a tournament of champions in the winter, and it's going Ooh. to be world lacrosse style six v six. So the lacrosse finally got put into the Olympics, but they had to do a new style. They weren't just gonna do the outdoor sure ten on ten. So it's six v six, goalie two two two, and up and down the field. Um, so same, same size field or shorter? No, smaller field, okay. whole thing. So it's just a quicker game yeah. and running class. It's kind of like rugby sevens. Gotcha. Um, so PLL is like, cool. We're gonna put it in this format. We're gonna make a tournament of champions. So whichever four teams make the final four in the PLL, they're in this tournament of champions. They're gonna go round robin, seed out into four, and then play a little bracket right in the middle of the NLL season. Ooh. Right, so everybody's freaking out. Now, Paul Rabel did say, and I like this, part of the thought process is, while all those stud players are playing in the NLL, this gives those four teams an opportunity to get some more field guys out there and showing what they got. Sure. And so that way when they do expand the league, more of these guys can get picked up instead of just hanging out on the side and doing nothing in the winter. They're like, let's give them an opportunity to play. But there's that. There's the fact that, we're going on to week three of the PLL right now, and there's been three NLL championship games. So, right. like, the Chaos have five Bandits players. Dane Smith, Josh Byrne, Ian McCabe, Max Adler, and Chase Frazier. Right. None of them can play for the Chaos for the, these three weeks. Sure. And that's that's a that, those are five very important parts. That's a face-off guy, two attackmen, a midi, and a pole. Like, and, I mean, there, so there's... Probably a good reason the Chaos are zero two right now. Correct, and the second lowest scoring team in the league. Correct, because all of their offense and, and transition is is playing for the NLL championship on the best NLL team. Like, right, and like, and I'm sure Colorado's in the same boat. Likewise, the Whip Snakes, Zed Williams, he's on the Mammoth, and there's there's guys all over the rosters. So sure, the fact that the NLL season overlaps with the beginning of PLL season because the PLL doesn't want to go too late and compete more with the NFL. Their championship already competes with like week two of the NFL. Sure. It's a whole thing, but the NLL PLL clash. There's they're not they're not working together to I guess, grow I, the game, and that's the whole thing of lacrosse Twitter and community is right. grow the game, and they're I, not. I guess I guess it. when I say like working in hand, I mean you know you wouldn't see the NFL being like, oh hey, go check out our like our top nine players on every team in the Arena Football League, like. They're allowed to play on in both, it, is what I'm saying. I, I, I don't disagree with you, but there's also, like, announcers and stuff and media. They seem to be in a pissing match 
for like professional lacrosse records and like they won't recognize the other league or so, so it's like, okay so, so it's like john tavares is the greatest professional lacrosse player of all time and it's like indoor right but they're like no 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 he's the greatest professional lacrosse player of all time and it's like but what about the outdoor leagues and they're like no that's it's that that's not real lacrosse you know what i mean and it's yeah, just a so, piss and match so it's kind of like the <laughs> lacrosse is almost diving into the world of like the old school territory days of professional wrestling of yeah i don't recognize you as yeah. a 17 time champion you're only a 13 time champion because those other four i don't recognize those territories Pretty they're much. like whatever well, and then it's like well in, in box there's hockey assists where two guys get assists in field it's, it's only one assist and right then, uh, it's like, well, well but in who field cares? But just in, watch the game and enjoy it and like and now in field there's a two-point shot right Yes, and that's not the case indoors. Nope. So, a six to one half dozen the other. To me, that's a fair trade call to watch. Yeah, like I just don't care. I'm just yeah. watching the game. It's I I can accept the fact that they're two different games. Yeah, and, and like and if that's the case, then hold two different record books, but don't diss the other record book. Like, or just it can be a combination. No, it can't just be like oh. Well, I mean, like he had a thousand total points. He had five hundred in the indoor and five hundred in the outdoor, something like that. And and like and really, that could be a cool a cool distinction that no other professional sports league has, where you can say, hey, you know, he is you know third all time indoor, first all time outdoor, and first all time overall. Right. Like that'd be right. cool as well, all I hell. Mean, that's John Grant Jr. Like, like right I, there. That's, how how awesome is that? That you John, can, like. Well, that's just it. That's that's exactly the argument that gets made all the time. John right. Grant Jr. Canadian legendary he played indoor and outdoor john tavares only played indoor john tavares has more points than him indoor but john grand jr has more points overall in professional lacrosse right that's where that whole thing comes from and like at that point acknowledge acknowledge greatness. all acknowledge, Just greatness. acknowledge it all acknowledge There's that tavares is the greatest indoor player grant's the greatest outdoor player and grant has more points overall Grant's and, not the greatest outdoor player either. He's just he's just a, a terrific lacrosse player. Okay, so like score that's, or whatever that's whatever that, record exactly. it, whatever record it was. Exactly. Like acknowledge both. It's fine. Like you're not gonna. It's 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 like people who are like, well, Barry Bonds was on roids. Who gives a? F- he was knocking that thing Does, out the yard all the time, and it was fun to watch. Doesn't doesn't help you see the ball. No, it doesn't. No, Do, it doesn't it, help you hit a ninety-seven I was say, mile. Doesn't hour. help you make contact. Does, when it, when you make contact, does it go a little further? Sure, sure. sure. Also, Mark McGuire was putting a little extra juice behind his pitches, so. You know, Mark McGuire wasn't the pitcher, but okay. Oh shit, uh, Roger Clemens. So. There you go. I mean, and like, and that's the thing. They're built the same freaking way. They're brick shit houses. <laughs> no kidding. The, the The big difference is McGuire was always a shit house. Bonds yeah. was this squirrely little shit and that was a forty huge. forty guy, and then got huge and was a a seventy two zero guy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so moving into the PLL here, um, which I great segue with the whole records thing and all that other stuff, um. One of the cool things I like about this is the way the league is set up. And I honestly, I think it's something that, like, we've seen a lot of upstart football leagues try to start. And what are you doing? You're either putting a second or third team in a huge market and then competing with that market because, I mean, Cowboys fans are Cowboys fans. You're not going to put a team in Dallas, another football team in Dallas, and get the Cowboys faithful to be like, oh, the Dallas, the Fort Worth Mustangs, though. Right. Yeah, like good luck. Or you're putting a team in a small market that's not used to having a pro football team, right? And but maybe has the whole idea a, a college is, football. Team. The whole idea is you have to build and establish the the connection with the community, like we were talking about with right. the bandits and all that. All of that comes from time, and and literally watching the team and going through ups and downs with it. 
if you just go down and set a team down and it's one year, it's like, why do I care? Who does ha- who has a connection to that team? Right, and then like in, in a six team league, you're also not talking about growing connection with anybody else right. because like what what do we all do? Oh, who's got the, who's got the coolest name and whose jerseys do I like the most? That's who I'll root for. Right, if I happen to tune in. Right, where what the PLL is doing, and if, for those who don't know, uh, there are eight teams, and there are no cities. It's just Atlas, Chrome, Whip Snakes, Archers, Cannons, Chaos, Water Dogs, Redwoods. That's it. They're not the anywhere Atlas or the so and so Chrome, Lacrosse it, Club, Lacrosse, yeah. whatever. It, it, they're they just have a name and they're a group of dudes. They're a club, a franchise, whatever you want to call them. And then the league barnstorms the country, which is awesome. Like so, the barnstorming. Which, I know we had the conversation. It, it the USFL missed out. Oh, big time! Horrifically. Even with the cities that they have attached, they could have just gone to each city. Each city once a week. Like, what, like one week great. in each city. Right. And then, like, and but to Barn- help grow the league. But barnstorming, that's just it. Uh, like, this year, Charlotte, North Carolina was a new one that they went to. They're going to Minneapolis, Minnesota the first week of July. They're going to Dallas, Texas the end of July. That's a new one. They're going to Seattle at the uh, near the end of August. That They've never been there. And then they go back to you know the hotbeds for the playoffs and stuff. And they've already hit New Long or sorry Albany. They're going to they hit Long Island last weekend, um, or Long Island's this weekend. Sorry, they're going to Baltimore the week after. So they, right. they're they're hitting hotbeds and new spots. Yeah. Last year they did the All Star Game in San Diego because San Diego just picked up an NLL franchise. So they're trying to grow that Southern California. Right. You know, hey, I mean, honestly, like that's a perfect skater kid freaking vibe. Yeah, Pick absolutely. up a lacrosse stick, bro, and yeah, like, let's shred some hang, lettuce. Hang, hang ten, let's hang out, and you know, do the thing. Yeah. But so, I, the and the whole barnstorming thing. I mean, baseball did this back right? in the twenties and right? the thirties. I mean, and then like why? That, so you, honestly, so you, that the that but what is it? The barnstormer league or whatever that does it. What is it called? Frontier league. The frontier league. That, or, that uh, it's not the frontier league. It uh, the Savannah Bananas basically started doing their own thing. Right, right, right. But um, they they go around. To different cities, don't they? They don't. They don't just kind of spot up. Correct. Uh, so they and actually that's a thing. So they're the 2022 Banana Ball, the ba- Banana Ball World Tour. Uh, they're going to Savannah, Daytona, Montgomery, West Palm Beach, Columbus, Binghamton, and Kansas City. Yeah, that's freaking awesome. And like, and that's what they're doing. Is they're, you know, I mean, these guys like they have a game where they play in kilts. They they dance. They sing. Yeah. They like they do goof. Like they, there's one where they're like looks like they're wearing like hockey pants. But on top of it, the the thing that I really enjoy about the the idea behind this besides that every team plays in the same city and what the PLL has already done this year because they actually have a better TV deal now is flexing the better games to primetime because every team's at the same spot on the weekend right um is it's just it's such an event if anybody's been to March Madness or the Frozen 4 or the baseball world series like it's where everybody in that community comes together for the weekend. It's a three-day event of everybody hanging out, enjoying the sport, watching the best of the best do it, and just, like you said, it's a perfect way to grow the sport. If you've never watched lacrosse and you're from Minneapolis, Minnesota, you're a hockey guy, and you're like, well, let's go check out this PLL, and you get there, and all you see is little kids playing mini sticks in the parking lot, people tailgating, cooking food. You go in, you're watching some ridiculous nonsense happen on the field, and you're like, what am I watching? This is right. awesome. That's how you get fans. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I'm sitting here like, and, and it's funny. Like, I'm sitting here looking through like the Savannah Banana like merchandise. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. 
like their their merchandise is as cool as the team and the concept. Like they have a Hawaiian shirt covered in bananas. Like that's awesome. Like a, a fan designed jersey. Like all kinds of cool stuff. Anyway, but like it, it's it's just funny because like this barnstorming concept. It's the reason. So we you, we've all at least heard of the movie League of Their Own. Right. Right. So if you haven't watched it, you're bum. I don't yeah, like baseball or softball, and I freaking watch it. Like the entire concept was like the reason that this was a thing when I believe it was World War Two started was maybe it was World War One. One of the two. One of the World Wars. The Great War. Yeah. Was there were these teams like in these women's teams that barnstormed the country trying to play and they they would play men's teams and compete. So someone got the bright idea of hey. Um, we need baseball. Like, the men are at war. There are some really talented women's teams out there. Let's let them play. Let's put a league together. Like, and they took these barnstorming teams who took, I mean, and then the king and his court became a thing, which was a four-man softball team that would beat legitimate 10-man teams, just yeah. the four of them. Yeah. It was disgusting. Like The bench warmers, but, like, real life. Yeah, and, like, and the, the king and his court, the king was, like, the greatest softball pitcher you've ever seen. He would strike people out from second base Yeah, with a fastball. Straight fastball. He'd be like, it's coming. It's a fastball. And strike you out because he threw yeah. something hard. But, like. But that's this, also something where if you're going to a new city every week and it's like, oh, yeah, they're finally coming near me. I'm right. going to go see it. Yeah, you build the buzz. You build, you know, everything else. And then eventually maybe you can do home teams. Right. Well, and that that's also what the PLL, you know, I mean, it's more the fans that are saying it. But, like, there's already connections. Like, the Whip Snakes have a ton of former Maryland Terrapins. Right. Easily could settle down in Baltimore or, you know, Annapolis. The Chaos. Five Bandits. We were just talking about it. Right. Buffalo Chaos. Absolutely. But, like, that's down the road. And the, the other beautiful thing about the PLL that a lot of people just don't know, the Major League Lacrosse League was absorbed by the PLL. Right. So that was a 12-team licensed league that had very much similar rules, but that was the league that you didn't have health benefits, yada, yada. Yeah. No guaranteed contracts. Yeah, the you, whole you, thing. And you ran around, you play, you blow your knee so out, and you're kind of ass out. Right. So once the PLL absorbed them, they now have, which the Cannons are in the league because they were the first one, but they have all of those teams ready to bring back. Right. They have the licensing because they absorbed the MLL. They have more teams in the waiting. They just need the, the actual like numbers to say, we can bring in another. We right. can bring in two. The, the, and, this and was, continued so that you have at least up to 16 teams possible. Right. This this would be a, like the equivalent of it when the NFL and the AFL merged. Right. And saying like, all right, listen, like we, we're going to absorb you guys. We're going to keep those franchises in our back pocket. And when we need more teams. We pull them out. We're bringing back all the AFL teams first. Right. Like it's a great concept. Right. And again, I mean, this is this is awesome. And I, I again, we talk about the US, USFL missed the boat on this one. Yeah. Because now you have teams that are tied to a city that, never that are never there. City. Yeah. Because you're only playing in How Birmingham. How are you going to get fans from New Jersey when you're playing in Birmingham every freaking weekend? Right. And then the championship game is at the Hall of Fame Stadium. Yeah. Ooh. We all I, went all just, the way up to Ohio. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it just, it. I can't believe, it, like, first off, I can't believe nobody thought of this sooner. And second, I can't believe, like, it's not more common with these upstart leagues now that it's been done by someone and right. it, it, it looks like it's having some success. The other the other really good thing that the PLL has done um, pretty much since the first season, they've gone for smaller stadiums. Right. And it's like, yeah, not you're not going to pack out a 76,000-person venue. Right. There's just not the... But 
a 30,000 soccer stadium and you get like both sides filled, maybe the end zones aren't, it looks, it it's just got a better vibe. Right. It's all condensed. It's on top. Like this, the NCAA championship this year, we went up to UConn and that was only like a 30,000 uh, person stadium. And we've been to, you know, Philly, Boston, uh, Baltimore, all NFL stadiums. And when none of the 300 level is packed and there's like open seats everywhere, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't feel great. But this year, every seat was freaking packed because there was only so many seats and it was just like, yeah, this is what we're looking for. Right. And and it's one of those things too, where like, not only does it not feel the same, it doesn't look great. No, I mean, it looks empty. It's, it's the same thing. Like when, uh, what was it? The the USFL came around the first time and there was the LA team yeah. and they were in the Coliseum, but there was only like 2000 people there right. in the Coliseum, which holds like a hundred thousand people. Was that the, that was the AAF? Yeah. AAF. Yeah. Sorry. Um, and it was just like, that just looks bad. I mean, like, it has nothing to do with the fact like you still got 2000 people, which is right. great. But in that stadium, you just look like a, a goober. Right. And it's one of those things you look like a goober and there's better ways to do it. There's smaller stadiums you can try to fill. Right. Like there's smaller D3, like smaller D1 stadiums that you could probably have a better shot at that. Yeah. Like you probably still won't sell it out, but it doesn't look half right. as bad. And if you're only getting 2,000, 3,000, 5,000 people, find like a, a decent sized high school stadium. And like the money that you're spending on the Coliseum, you can kick a third of that to the high school. They'd right. be like, hey, thanks. Right. And then it looks, I mean, we've both played in packed, packed high school stadiums. It's fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, look. You, know what, you, know what, you know what sucked? Walking on a field with 17 people in the stands. And like, I mean, that was what, freshman yeah. football? You're walking around, you're like, oh, there's 10 people yeah. here. Cool. This is and then stupid. By the like, time you're a senior and, and you play Lancaster to Pew and there's eight people deep at sta- the fence. Standing room only. And you're kids like. Kids brawling under the bleachers. You're like, what the hell is going on here? This yeah. is a free for all. And it's like, that's that's what you live for. Yeah. I, I actually have the opportunity a week from Friday to play um, the the adult team that I'm playing with is playing the Batavia Muck Dogs, which is a collegiate team in the uh, Perfect Game Collegiate League. We're probably going to get waxed. Doesn't matter. These are all like D one, like D one, D two, D three ball players, and like some of us were, some of us weren't. Yeah. Like, you know, some of us are probably a little bit past our prime, obviously, but like. We're going to be playing in front of almost two thousand people in the Muck Dog Stadium. They sell out every yeah. every single game almost. Especially it's a Friday yeah, night of fireworks. Be it's gonna be awesome. Yeah. It's gonna be really friggin' cool. I don't care if I get one at bat that night. It's gonna be awesome. Yeah. Like it it's just different. But if if we were doing that in Yankee Stadium yeah. and there were uh, the fifteen hundred people, it would be like, Cool, I'm playing at Yankee Stadium. Exactly. Like- and the only stadium that is ever cool to hear echoes in is Double Day in Cooperstown. And right. that's just Which, because of the history that's on that say, dirt. And and we've also talked about that where you don't hear you don't hear the echoes the first couple of days, and then you, by, you, you sure don't. By the and end then, of the tourney, it's like like it, it it is it is one of the coolest things to walk out there and just feel that like harrowing experience of like like we're out here with hundreds of years of history. Yeah, some of the greatest ball players that have ever touched the dirt have touched this dirt. Yeah, uh, it's, cool. it's it's really cool. Yeah, but I mean the PLL is just uh, like again I'm not a big lacrosse guy. I enjoy watching it. Yeah, like I like especially when I'm at your guy's house, we're hanging out. Like it's on TV. I'm I find myself drifting from conversation watching the TV because they do ridiculously cool stuff. Yeah, it's like why, how, who, who, what, when, where, why? Right, and like some of the stuff I don't understand. So now, like some of the stuff I don't understand, Jaws. <laughs> I played the game since I was six, and I look at these guys and I go, "You had the audacity to think that was a good shot, and then you pulled it off." Like, 
and, and like some of the rulings and stuff. Like I like you and your dad were arguing about the one goal, and it was in the the Bandits game. Yeah, and you're like, oh, like you know, that's your dad. That's a good goal. Ah, that foot came down before, and I'm like, I don't understand. Like, was Brett Hall on the on the yeah. ice? Like, what are we doing here? But uh, it, it's still it's fun to watch, and that's what matters. Like, it doesn't need to be amazing to start with. It yeah. needs to be fun. Exactly. And you know what? Uh, shout out to Paul Rabel for this one, too. The number one thing they did when they got this league going is they partnered with DraftKings, and they got betting lines on lacrosse. And the easiest way to get a lot of people invested is to get Vegas lines going. Absolutely. So somebody can chuck down two bucks on a sport they don't know, get into the game, and then go, oh, this is fun. Right. Yeah. I Sports betting has taken things to a different level. But they were one of the first leagues, besides maybe the the PGA, who put like the payouts on the bottom of the screen, right. to actually partner and put like betting lines on the screen and saying, "Here's the over under, here's the underdog," and track it as the game goes along. And it's right. like that's. I know a lot of people don't like the whole sports betting thing, but like that's again how you get eyes on the sport. How do you get people invested? the The only thing I don't like about it is how much they push it. Not just how much they push it, but how much it ends up bringing in the the concept of fixed games, rigged games. Like, you know, every year something happens where people claim the NFL is rigged. Yeah. Well, like on that. the right side, it's very hard to look at stuff that happens in this league and say it's rigged. Right. Just because, like, it well, is kind of still the Wild West. And I will, I will 100% die on the cross that for something as big as any professional sports league, including the PLL, who is an upstart, or the USFL, or any of these upstart leagues, all the way right. up to the NFL, which is, in my opinion, the big dog, especially when it comes to of betting. Course. The only, like, there, there's no shot that there's any chance of it being rigged or fixed because too many people would have to be involved. I was going to say, there's too many moving parts. Like, like one, think about one, one Think about one organization in, in the NFL. It's what, 115 people minimum? I mean, think about this. We're sitting here watching this up and down roller coaster of the continuing, for some goddamn reason, Colin Kaepernick saga. <laughs> the first thing that dude would have done, having played in a Super Bowl where they were getting trounced, then there was a power outage, then they came back and almost won but didn't, was as soon as he wasn't happy, he'd be like, hey, so. Uh, here are copious amounts of emails of them telling me what the Super Bowl script was. Right. Who wants it? Highest bidder. Make yeah. me a billionaire. Like, yeah. And the fact that that didn't happen, and the only people who ever claimed it, like, are one to two year like duds that never made it anywhere. Right. I have proof that the league is rigged, and your proof is that you didn't make it. Yeah. Sorry, I'm not not that's, impressed. That's, that's like the same as guys who you go to play college sports with, and they they don't start, and they're like, I'm going to go transfer to really good school yeah and it's like okay they'll, you, they'll see they'll see you my couldn't worth. play here and you're gonna go play there all right yeah and like and that's the only thing that i don't like about the the sports betting is it it amps up that because like oh vegas always it. knows and how does it. vegas know well vegas knows because their business is to know right which means they have people who analyze the crap out of it do nothing but that yeah and constant they're literally updating the line every freaking yeah, minutes. and and the first time you mess up big, you're probably fired, and you never work in the business again. Yeah, but you probably made enough money not to worry about it. Yeah, like fair. So I, you know, it, it's just it's one of those things that it it's fantastic. Like especially for league growth, like you said, like getting the name out there, getting the word out there. You know, because there's people who I mean, addiction's a serious thing, but right. 
you know, there are people who are so addicted to it, they'll bet on damn near anything. I mean, yeah, there's the meme going around that, that you know, people will be up at 3 a.m. betting on European handball and stuff. Right. And it's and, like... And it's... It's well, a meme, what about, but it's true. What about lacrosse at 6 p.m. on a Saturday, when right before other games start? Right. Chuck it on for an hour. Yeah, and that's exactly what you know what's been going on, and how, and they've been doing great. I'm like, I'm literally sitting here on the, um, like on the Premier Lacrosse League site, and they <laughs> Player Royale, and I went, "Ooh, what's that?" Yeah, like, I got craft the your app. team, challenge friends. It's like, on. It's on the app. So I do. I do the pick them every week, and the uh, the Player Royale. Which is really good because they tier the players, so you can okay. only get two tier one, two tier right. two, whatever. So, tier so kind three. of like uh, almost like playing like a yeah fantasy draft, like on FanDuel's or whatever. It's, it's the it's but it's through their own thing exactly, which is awesome. And they they hired a uh, stat company. I forgot which one it was that they partnered with to go and actually like get stats so that they could do fantasy. And a lot of that comes down to being able to score for goalies, defenders, face off guys, right. Guys who don't put the ball in the net. Sure. Um, so they, they hired a stat company. They got that whole thing figured out, and now they're doing the player royale, which is another great way to do it. I mean, think about fantasy football. How many people aren't fantasy, or aren't football fans but play fantasy football? Right, and how many people know, you know, can sit there and rattle off the top offensive players in the league but have never played in you go, you like go, an IDP You go league say and, Derrick Henry. And, oh, my God, Derrick Henry's got his way. And if people start playing this, you're going to be like, Lyle Thompson, and they're going to be like, oh, Lyle, he's a beast. Right. You know? and, and, then, and then you look at the extent of that, like in this, including goalies, including defensemen and right. face-off guys and stuff, like that's the equivalent of that IDP league where right. all of a sudden you know who, you know. Who's the league leader and cause turnovers. Right. Who's, there you go. Who, who's, who's the league, like who's, who's the best linebacker in the league? This guy. Okay. Who led the league in tackles? Uh, the starting middle linebacker on the worst team in football, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like Paul Puzlesny for the Jaguars for about five years. Yeah. George Wilson leading the Bills in tackles at safety. Right. It's like your safety shouldn't be leading you in tackles. That means they're getting 15 yards downfield. And like, and most <laughs> people are like, who the hell is George Wilson? Well, <laughs> you know about him because of that one time. Right. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's great. It builds the game. It builds, you know. It, I mean, yeah, this is year four, and this is how far they've already come. We and got, what, they start, didn't they start with only like six teams? Yes. Six, we're already up to eight. And like right. I said, we, we can get all the way up to like 16. Because they got the MLL teams in their back pocket, yeah, and that needs to happen. Because honestly, watching it this year, there's just so much talent in the league that like it's similar to the NBA. In you got guys who need the ball in their hand, and you got off-ball shooters, you know. Um, and there's just too many guys in the league who need the ball in their stick. Just not enough ball to go around. And yeah, exactly. And it's just like we need more teams strictly for that. We also need more teams because. In lacrosse, it's a lot matchup based. You get four long poles, four guys with the six foot six foot pole, and then you get two defenders with the regular thirty uh, inch stick. So, and then everybody on offense has the short. But you want to use those four poles to cover their four best offensive guys. Right. Well, in the PLL, there's so much talent to go around that you have a number one guy for your five or six positions on offense. So now you got guys who have a short stick matchup who would never get a short stick matchup. Right. Like an example, Asher Nolting. He's a guy who's a rookie out of high point. Led high point in points, career points, goals, assists, records, whatever. Big boy. Comes into the PLL, gets a short stick matchup, lights up for a hat trick. They interview him after the game. When's the last time you had a short stick matchup? He said seventh grade when I played MIDI. <laughs> so this guy's 23, hasn't seen a short stick matchup since he was in seventh grade. Right. And it's like, what is that short st- professional short stick going to do against a guy who's 
going against poles since he was in eighth grade. I mean, right. he, you, you're taking away all of that guy's advantage, so to speak, and just the offensive guy's got to free go. Right. So that's that's an issue that we're running into where there's just so much talent that it's like you got to spread defensively. It's like okay, you could play really good defense. It's just not going to matter. Right. It's just not going to matter. And and that's the thing that you want to like. I think any league would want to avoid is turning into the NBA where it's whoever shoots last right. wins. Right. Like you don't like. There's there's a difference between like the NFL um, encouraging offensive production and play, and then there's the difference between like holy shit, the defense can't do anything. Like, they're helpless out there. Right. Why Why are we letting this happen? Yeah. Because, like, you can encourage offense all you want, and they're still 9-7 to seven games every right. year, 10-7 to seven games, 7-3. to three. Like, at, for every 54-52, to 52, there's a 17-10. to 10. A great way to describe it is if you had an offense with Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams – and it's like you can have all the defensive scheme you want. How are you going to stop that? Right. And so and in the by, PLL, and by, and by you the way, can have the greatest defensive minds scheming it up, sliding quick, trying to double when they roll back. It's not. It's just not going to matter. Right. And and like so by that right, that would be like having like Josh Allen with Diggs, Adams, Hill, D Hop, and Jerome Bettis. Sure. And and and, and Derrick Henry in the backfield. Yeah. And your defense consists of Trey White. One or two other like decent guys, and then people you've never heard of, and be like, "Oh, they can't stop them. Why? Well, <laughs> because there's too many really good guys right. on one side of the right. ball." And but. I mean, that's just it too. It's like you get some really, really good defenders in the league, and you just you watch them, and you're like, "If this guy is, was covering, you know, a, a number three scorer like he should be, right? He'd be terrific." But unfortunately, they have three number one guys. So now he's just getting toasted all day, and it's like, well, and then, what are we and supposed to you, do? Do you switch the matchup? You switch the matchup. That guy's still getting toasted. And it's like, okay, so we pull him off another one of the their number one guys. It's like, just pick your poison. Right. And, like, and at that point, too, you're, you're limiting the equipment. You're limiting, like, with the long yeah. pole versus the short pole, stuff like that. Like, you know, that's like saying, like, okay, you can play, but you're not going to have safety help over the top. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Much. Ever? No, never? Oh, you're never going to get bracket help on digs. Right. You're never going to get bracket. It's always yeah. going to be one-on-one. Uh, you can play, but you can't wear a shoulder pad and helmet, so you have to ju- just play, like, stout defense without touching anybody because yeah. you're going to die if you do. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's, like, and the fact that there's that much talent and the need for the talent to be spread out shows you how well the league is doing. Yeah. Because, it, because there, the, you wouldn't have all these talented players fluctuating there if the league wasn't doing well and and the the college draft every year it's like ridiculous because there's like like this year there was a guy who led maryland all time in career points and won two national championships he was the first overall pick but the all-time leading scorer in division one ncaa history was the number two pick the number one scorer in duke and also played duke football was like the 10th pick jesus and it's just like how are you going to add these guys into the team that's already right. loaded? There's and, just so and, much coming out too, and and that's just one of those things. That, you know, you, you, we can keep saying it. It just there's a lot of good lacrosse, and like, right. there's only Which, so many teams, and, and that, there's only one level, right? 
Like, and, and that's that was part of why Rabel wanted that tournament of champions that we talked about earlier. It's like to to show off the young. There's so many guys who are able to play at that level, but there's just not enough teams at the moment. Right, and you know when you talk about like okay, you talk baseball. There's rookie, short A, A, advanced A, double A, triple A, the show. Right. Then in football, like you don't have that in football, but but there's the, options. But the jump. From the NFL, from college to the NFL, whittles out eighty-five percent of the guys who play college football. Yeah, like so, like we we struggle to fill the teams we have with top-end talent from top to bottom, right? And then top-end coaching as well, right? But Where, I mean, even hockey too. Think about it. You got Canadian juniors, right. U.S. juniors, U.S. national development program, all the colleges. Yep. Then you have European men's leagues. Also, they have. You know, usually minor leagues underneath them, right? Because they're legitimate pro leagues. Yep. And then you got the NHL, AHL, ECHL, right. which is all come. Uh, you know, the OHL in there too. No, OHL is Canadian Junior. Gotcha. I, was, I wasn't sure. No. So. Um. Yeah. You're all right. You're on. The, you're on the right track. Yeah. But, but like, like a lot of places for talent to play, grow, develop. And exactly. Or just guys who are at the back end of their career. Okay, I'm going to go down to the ECHL, make a couple thousand dollars, so that you know, like, I can top off whatever bills I need and keep whatever I have in the bank. Right. Still play hockey and be able to still still have a little bit left in the tank, right. but not not enough to play You're to not, play in the yeah, show. Exactly. Yeah. And that just it gives guys options. Yeah. Um and but I mean lacrosse, you have I mean, every major school it seems like has a a good lacrosse program. Like the like the I mean and division one, two and three. And club one. Club D one is getting big. SEC and Pac twelve. Yeah, and and that's huge. I mean, if you know, they we make the we talked about D one. If they if the SEC Pac twelve joins D one lacrosse, we're in for one. Yeah, we're in for one. Imagine Alabama Auburn lacrosse. Oh my god. Yeah. Let's fight. Let's have a scrap. <laughs> yeah. Let's have a scrap. But I mean, so like you have all these, and I mean, lacrosse probably as much, if not more so than any other sport. I mean, baseball we talk about all the time. There's incredibly talented players at all levels of baseball, from D one to D three, right. JUCO, NAIA, all of it. That's the same. It's just, and, the, and guys get drafted out of that. But there's how many different levels of baseball you can go to, and that's not including like independent leagues like the Frontier League or even like JUCO in college, where guys take two to four years before actually going to any right. of the leagues. So you like know? you so know, again, you, two two years in JUCO, two years in NCAA or NAIA, and then you get drafted. Right where you know you play those like all of these college kids. There, there are I guarantee you there are D three players, JUCO players, D two players. That are just as good as some of these D one players, but oh, maybe course. maybe they didn't go to a school that people look at for lacrosse. Right, like it happens all the time. Right, all the, I mean, I played I played football with some guys at the D three level who I was like, you have no business being on the same team as me. Right, but they went to some small hick school or and the best they could do is they were the town over from the state champion and they they didn't win a bunch of games so they got overlooked and then they get on a team with other talent and you're like, holy smokes, right. And you know, but in the in, la, in lacrosse, they have two places to go. They have the NLL and the PLL, and that's what. Well, yeah, it fit fifteen twenty teams total between and the let's, two. And I was going to say, let's let's also clarify when we're saying options, we're saying options to go get paid to play the sport because right. you can go play oh, lacrosse sure. all yeah. over. There's there's box leagues, field leagues that are like out there. But I mean, you're not getting paid I've, for it. I've seen I've it's seen for box the love of the game. I've seen box lacrosse at Epic Center when we're playing uh, football on Monday nights. They're playing box lacrosse right. on on the rink. Like, but like there's but no, there's also like serious summer box lacrosse right. leagues in Canada that. You have to either declare for that or the PLL, right? Um, but it's like 
they're not getting paid to do that one. No. That's they're, just it's, for the, for the love like and the pride. You, you just want to hang out with your boys and play box lacrosse and go win a championship. It's like, yeah, that's fun. But, like, can I get something for my troubles? Like, I'm grinding out here. Right. And I mean, and that's the biggest issue. I mean, the probably the, the like the most underrepresented sports outside, like like underneath lacrosse at this point would be any type of women's lacrosse league at all. Yeah, which I don't think they're there a is. pro. There's their one, and then but exactly the the little You've never heard of it. The little known pro fast pitch league for women's right. for women's fast pitch, like right. and like I don't know if you watched any of the women's college world series, dude. No, fucking. I've seen show. some highlights. Fucking show the. Uh, one of the best defensive showings I've ever seen was both like was Texas and oh they lose to Oklahoma State I think um like like a defensive like first off game one of that series like uh, Oklahoma hit like nine home runs it was disgusting I was gonna say a lot of times in those World Series you're either gonna get like unbelievable pitching where it's like oh you can't hit anything or it's just like dinger 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 I, I watched the highlights of game two. And it is some of the best baseball softball defense I've ever seen. Yeah, like backhand in the hole by the shortstop, turn and turn, turn a double play, bang bang at both spots, and like these and these girls are fucking fired yeah. up. They're, oh, of course, they're coming out like I want to go out there and fucking party with yeah, them because yeah, they're yeah. they're so fired up. And like lacrosse kind of is just starting to break out of that now. Yeah, I mean, aside from the NLL, which again these guys had to have day jobs outside of playing in, professional box lacrosse until about 2013. Yeah, like. For the longest time, yeah. I mean, it's it's tough, but it's it's great to see. And I want I want other sports to do that. I want to be able to sit down for a week, not shut my TV off, and just go softball, baseball, lacrosse, football, hockey, basketball, baseball, hockey, lacrosse, softball. It just I I mean, ESPN Plus is basically that in the springtime, man. Right, it really is. It's, <clears> especially it's when beautiful. you start, especially when you start mixing in, you know, the like college programs and stuff right. like that. I was able to watch Niagara a few times this year, right. but. Um, this was a great talk about all sports. This yeah, is we this, covered a lot of ground. Yeah, and this is kind of where this is the direction I've kind of wanted the show to go in the summer because there's a lot going on, but also not at so much because everyone wants to talk football. Hey, also, I mean, not many people uh, talk about lacrosse on podcasts, so very true. You know, so but uh, you got me and me and Bull Claim Ben, who are big lacrosse guys. Yeah, and I will sit here and talk sports with damn near anybody who wants to talk sports, that and is I'll true. find and I'll find a way to hang with you. But uh, so that'll wrap it up for this episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. Big Diesel, thanks for joining me, buddy. Always a pleasure. Hats, Tats, and Stats, part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Find us on Facebook. Tip, or, uh, wow, wrong one. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast or at HTS underscore pod on Instagram and Twitter. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Tell your friends. Tune in. Check us out anywhere and everywhere you can find us. And with that being said, on behalf of my co-host and myself, we'll catch you guys next time. And go Bills. Go Bills.